Welcome to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by... Hey, holla your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bad Triple. And on this stop, we will discuss a director who has come up, but this is actually his first feature on the Michelle Mission, yep. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Yes. And we will be beginning, appropriately enough, at the beginning of his directorial career with 1988's I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. I'm gonna get you sucker, dirty mother. Don't Show say me. that. But before we get to that. Hey, we got emails, Vince. Yay. We received an email. Let me go to my little screen here and tell you exactly where we got that email, Vince. I'm sure you are wrapped with attention. I am wrapped. I say wrapped. We received yet another email. Okay. From Romero Stokes. Hey, Romero, back in the mix. The subject line is the real magical Negro and locker slash rockets trivia. <laughs> I think this is in uh, response to our review of Breaking 2 Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. That's right. Romero begins. Three for three. Okay, that's right. That's right. A hat trick. Regarding the Lockers, this is the actual name of the dance troupe. I believe they were only called the Rockets on What's Happening. Yes, you are 100% correct. The young woman dancing with the group was none other than Tony Basil of Hey Mickey, You So Fine fame. Shut the front door. I did not know Tony Basil was a rocket. Wow, neither did I. I knew she was a break dancer, though. I knew she was kind of like yeah, a Yeah, I've seen her dance. Like, no, I did right. not know she was. I'm so, see, I did it again. I called it the Rockets. I did not know she was in the lockers. She was in the lockers. She was in the lockers. Um, <laughs> and and I, I'm curious how many people even remember, hey, Mickey, you so fine. You so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Well, hey, Mickey. The missionaries of a certain age remember. They remember. Yeah. Uh, he continues. Also, I posit that Breaking One and Two showcase magical realism <laughs> in the form of Turbo's supernatural ability to <laughs> levitate brooms and defy gravity to dance on ceilings and walls. Maybe he's an unsung X-Men character. You know what? I actually started thinking about that. Like, because in Breaking, that's the only moment that is quote unquote supernatural or, or not grounded in realism. Mm -hmm. And when he dances on the ceiling, when he has his part in the second one, and then his girl walks in and sees him. Right. She's amazed. She is. As if she's seeing something that you don't ordinarily see. But as we mentioned, this is also a film with no less than three full scale musical numbers in the street. That's true. So then I didn't think about it that much, but I did think about whether the fact turbo was actually magical i didn't give it a second thought but um apparently romero was right with you yes yes me and romero so thank you romero we appreciate you dog we really do uh we also heard from brenda mick brenda mick colo hey brenda i believe mc mc mick C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H. Okay. McLeod. It may be, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm sorry if I'm, 
Hey, Brenda. <laughs> Don't fault our hearts, fault our tongues. Please do. Greetings, gentlemen. After discovering your podcast a few weeks ago and posting on Apple, I diligently am trying to catch up over 200 episodes. All right. Clearly, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Since I'm listening to archive episodes, I didn't think it appropriate to post a comment two years later. That said, I'm impulsively commenting on your lady sings the blues episode okay as a boomer okay i waited in long lines outside one of those Times square theaters to see this film only to be disappointed by mm. the screenplay as well as the choice of miss ross as Billie Holiday. Yeah. As you correctly yeah. stated, the ghostwriter actually fabricated a good deal of Billie Holiday's quote unquote autobiography. Also, my understanding is Louis McKay, um, Holiday's last husband, an abusive man who, according to some sources, may have been involved in law enforcement's harassment of her during her life. Oh, that's interesting. Was still alive and getting a check as a consultant. Wow. Over the years, long after the reviews and controversy, her peers came forward in various interviews with real stories about this intelligent, passionate, gritty woman that had little or nothing to do with, as y'all said, this vanity piece for Miss Ross. That said, there's a paragraph in the Roger Ebert review where he appreciated the opportunity for a black woman to be the star of an old fashioned Hollywood woman's picture of the type that Warner Brothers and MGM used to churn out. Reading that review put my disappointment about it in its proper perspective. I figured the definitive story of Billie Holiday has yet to be written. The closest it's ever come was the play Billie Holiday at the Emerson bar and grill hmm. okay now the reason why i wrote this tome okay i was struck and amused by your incredulity about skinny miss ross in her plaits <laughs> getting raped that's because the real teenage billy holiday looked in fact like queen latifah while i'm typing this you're envisioning the queen and jill scott during the throes of her uh, addiction she literally shriveled into a thinner person oh. all right guys i'm out keep doing it brenda well thank you brenda and that's true if you do look at pictures of billy holiday you can see that she actually was i don't know if, if necessarily she was the size of quite the proportions let's put it this way sure jill scott or, or latifah sure but she was certainly a a bigger woman a bigger woman yeah than, yeah, uh, Diana Ross. Well, thank you, thank you, Brenda, and, and never hesitate if you want to comment on an older episode. There, we, we try and keep them. With, 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 what do we call them in the business? Evergreen, evergreen, evergreen. We try and keep them evergreen. So, John Quest, hit us up. Hey, John. Yo, great brother, great show, brothers. Thank you. An eighties baby needs this. <laughs> Break in one. Van Dam is also at the beach watching them break. He had the pink spandex fit on. About to listen. I'm about to listen to Breaking Two right now. Man, I'm so glad y'all exist. Oh, thank you. Also, you guys know history. I wish y'all <laughs> did music. I'd oh, love to hear you oh, guys speak oh, on Miles Davis, oh, John Coltrane, oh, etc. But rock on, fellas. Oh, brother, brother, oh, brother, brother. That's that's my. That was my old. 
podcast show. Like I just don't have it, Tom. That's oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, he don't. You don't know that. Yeah, that, that was. <laughs> You did that for how? You did that for a we little did bit. That for years, we did. It's all soul for years. Yeah, years. you and your uh, your cousin, my cousin Daryl. That's right, me and my cousin Daryl. We were just sitting around talking about music the other day. Y'all always sitting around talking about music. I mean, look, <laughs> that's that's. Yeah, always the little peek behind the, the the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was at Vince's house a couple of weeks ago for for a dinner party at his house, um, where his cousin. Daryl, yeah, um, posted up in Vince's kitchen, and I don't think he left that kitchen. Oh no, Mm-mm. he 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 literally Look, posted up in that seat, and that's exactly what he did. <laughs> he posted up. <laughs> that's Daryl, right, Daryl. I mean, yeah, cool, oh, yeah. cool people. Oh my goodness, yes. Mm, it was funny. It was funny. I, they took me out. Um. So thank you, and yes. also, I also want to thank Vince. We were talking before the, the before we started uh, recording. There's been a lot of movement in like uh, Missionaryville, yes, and um, I think some of that movement is attributed to we have had a slew of new members. Yeah, how about a that? Slew. Now I know I'm probably going to miss some, so I Oh I, boy. I apologize. But just I'm just, I'm just going over the last 2 weeks. Did you have Romper Room in Philly? Have we talked about Romper Room? Romper Room? I, we did have Romper Room. And remember she would see people in the mirror? Yes. And she never saw me. Okay. I yeah, you you've done, you've okay. done this bit before. So be be easy with them naming names and then you forget people. Well, I'm not all right, I'm just saying. That heifer looked in that mirror every day and never saw me. So I, I I'm just saying, how she didn't see somebody named Vince. I mean it's, ever. Sorry. All right. I'm sorry. But we're not gonna bring your childhood trauma okay. into missionary. Was that like Miss Sally? Was her name Sally? I don't remember the lady's name. All right, go ahead. I'm just saying. I barely remember Romper Room, to be honest. I actually don't remember anything about Romper Room. <laughs> Me neither. Except, except every the name. day she would have that magic mirror. That's all you remember. And say hi to people. <laughs> and she never saw me. That's all you remember. See, but I mean, but I didn't care that on Captain Noah that he would always sing, send your pictures oh, to of Captain right Noah. And there was never my picture. I'm just saying. I didn't. I was fine. I'm just saying. Anyway, over the last two weeks, Vince, I, I, look, and um, I just, you know, look, we've had Gus Granger, Ricky Tompkins, Austin Vaughn, Jim Nader, Rich Optics, Kevin Woodley, Mika West, Charles Gomez, Rod West, Melissa Redding. Topeka Van Horn, Joe Mucci Armstrong, and Camelia Williams. Um, and that's just to name a few, ladies and gentlemen. I know we've had so much more join over the past few weeks. Um, thank you so much. Yes, we really, really appreciate it. We really do. And 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 we also want to thank all of the people who, who are um who have recently tuned in to the to the me show mission because of um the beautiful feature that podglomerate was able to uh uh wrangle for us on stitcher radio absolutely during black if, history if, month if you've come through them 
thank you and welcome. Yeah, welcome. Um, I hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. By now, you've listened to a few shows as we are making our way to episode 200. Yes, sir. Um, which will be really, really fun. And we've already planning shows past 200. We are. We are. So it's it's, um, it's really going to be a good time. And we hope that you are along for the ride because it promises to be a lot of fun from here on out. Uh, I also want to do a little bit of um, business. Last week, we had mentioned that Vince and I, you know, we were... Um, I guess, what's the word? I, we're doing away with the Spock adjacent podcast. Yes. Um, and we're kind of like going to fold our Star Trek talk back into our show proper. And we were going to actually do some commentary about Star Trek Picard, which is on CBS All Access right now. Yes. But we realized <laughs> we've messed around so long. That now it the show is actually at the point where it's about to show its two part se- season finale. Right. So so we might as well just wait and and give our thoughts and on give the our first thoughts season. on the whole. Season. That's where it's nice and neat. Right. There you go. So all you Star Trek fans, please bear with us because we will be doing a whole like diatribe on Star Trek Picard. And believe me, if you if if you were in the room before the microphones turned on, you were realizing they are definitely thoughts. Yeah. Going yeah. on about this show. You know, Romper Room started in Baltimore. Did Romper Room I, start Romper Room in start, Baltimore? I just saw it and then Miss Sally hosted it until 1980. Yeah, I remember her. Okay. Does it give you a, a brief uh, synopsis of what the, the premise of Romper Room was? Because I really remember nothing but the name. Look, I think it was just a kid. It, it was almost, it was like Mr. Rogers. So she was like a Mr. Rogers. Right, like she would come in and, and, and talk about things, you know, kindness and talked about what people did for a living. Did I mean, she play with puppets too? I'm sure there were some puppets involved. Okay. okay. But again, the big thing was she'd had that magic mirror. And she'd look in the mirror and say who all she saw out in television land watching yeah. her. Yeah. And every day she would see everyone. And she never saw me. And I could not figure it out. I'm sure she said Vincent once. She did not. I bet she did. Not while I was watching. Oh, that doesn't mean she's not. That doesn't make Well, sense. in that case, she was looking at another Vincent. Because she's looking at the magic mirror that people watching her. So if I wasn't watching her, she was talking about somebody else. Maybe you turned away. I didn't turn away because <laughs> I was looking for it. <laughs> and I couldn't even say she was racist. No. Because she saw black kids. Yes. Like, you know. She I, saw Tamika. I was about to try. <laughs> I see Tamika. I see Keisha. I see Amir. I was like, well, these are clearly black kids. <laughs> so she's not racist. I see Dre. I'm sure there are white guys named Andre. I've just never met any. No, no. You know what? There's a a white guy named Brian who I do another podcast with. Spoiler alert. We review comic books. And um, I've just taken just naturally just to calling him B when we do the show. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's funny. And 
he and my other he and the other co-hosts on the show who are all white they were like has B just all of a sudden become Brian's new nickname <laughs> right that's what was one of the co-hosts said and Brian piped up he said he's like it's not a nickname that I ever longed for but I like it yeah <laughs> well well you should but then the other co-host tried to say well I guess it's going to be B and Brian said no, you can't call me. Just, it only sounds right. It only sounds right coming out of your Len. mouth from Len. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. That's that's true. I I know I have a I have a few bees. My one of my roommates in cl- in college was named Brian, and he was a DJ, and his DJ name was Smooth B. Of course, it's Smooth B. Of course, and I've I've called him Brian maybe three times in my life because you've called him B. B. Yeah, you call him Smooth. Yeah, yeah. You smooth. Go. You gotta say it like that. That's how you gotta smooth, right? B, B, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, welcome to everyone. Yes, welcome to everyone. Yes, that was nice. Okay, um, we're not going to get a, a whole lot of, in, into the the news, but I'm curious. Have you seen this documentary that's on Netflix called "They Gotta Have Us"? I've still not seen it. I haven't watched the whole thing. It's a it's a it's a documentary series, right? Right. About right. the black experience in yeah. movies. I just watched the first episode. It's really good. I've heard good things. It's I've really, heard good it's things. Really, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Gave me not that I hadn't on my own announced to the world that I my my perspective of Harry Belafonte has changed. Yes, you did. But they speak with Harry Belafonte on on the show yes um and that just helped even embolden my excellent speaking of you do you know he's 91 years old i mean he's gotta be Jeez. speaking of you and your likes and dislikes someone actually posted in the, in the group and i saw this thread and thought about you and i just saw it in passing where someone listed all of the various and sundry reasons why play was a garbage human being. I saw that in House Party and House Party, and I said, "Boy, <laughs> Lynn has found his people." I saw that, and it's one hundred percent true. It's one hundred percent true. Not one part of it is false. Yes, about how he he did um, um, Martin Lawrence character wrong. He 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 does kid wrong. He does kid wrong consistently. Doesn't back him up. Right. Take yes, yes. Yet he's still popping all that good stuff the whole damn movie. Look, man, that's his I can't boy. Stand. You I, know what? Oh it's boy. not that I don't like kid and oh, play. I didn't, it's that I, didn't, I don't like play. I know it's you don't always like been play. about. I, I know play. it's always been I about don't play. Like play. I know you don't like play. Well, well, this person laid out a wonderful case. You see, now I've got to find it because I now I got to oh see. Oh my god, do we have to go through it? Well, like, you, isn't it enough that I acknowledged it? No. Like, uh, like it's on the page. Well, it's there for everyone. I said it was true. Yes, but the, the, there are people who listen to the show who may not don't have access to Facebook. They may not be able. Yes, to, they listen to podcasts, but they don't have access to Facebook. That's right. They may not. Um. So, so I, I, I need to. I, hey, look at that! Anthony Sterling's got his um show mission shirt on. Yes, he does. I saw that. And did you see on um on Twitter? Uh, that uh, someone bought the Halle Berry. The I did, I did. Yeah, so which is fine. They got it on like this charcoal gray. It was like really 
Oh, here it is. Here it is. My favorite post in the world. That's right. Play tried to embarrass Kid on the mic just because it, it was his party at his house, as if Kid wasn't already having the worst day possible. But he got his butt kicked by an 80s R&B group and was running from his pops. Right. Kid ended up lighting Play up. Play didn't even wrap him up shaking my head that's right a real friend would have told kid that sydney liked him and that he didn't have a chance with uh uh shireen play knowing he wanted her didn't even tell kid play is the worst human being in the entire world worst human being in the entire world it's true it's true thank you Thank you, Markham Lee. Yes, who posted that. Yes, yes, yes. The yes. best post ever. There you go. You you found your people. Yes. Um, also, let me give some love to Toya Haynes. Hey, what's uh, up, Toya? I heard she said this break into colon electric boogaloo. That's the full the title. Colon. That's the full title episode. Maybe my favorite episode ever. Oh, good. I have never talked back to a podcast as much as I have this one. (laughs) I agree with so much of the commentary, even though I did try to explain some things away. For instance, dancing and juggling. The juggling is for the kids. It's for the kids. (laughs) Kids love juggling. You don't know nothing about kids. I waited with bated breath for you to talk about the best worst stunt scene of all time with Turbo falling down the steps. When Len says it looks like Jill Frazier fell down the steps, I hollered. I've been saying it looked like Walter Payton fell down the steps for years. <laughs> this episode was so fun. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, God. That was a good time. Yeah, it was. It was a good time. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's suckers to be get. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to our review of I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Never has a film moved so many and touched so deeply. United Artists is proud to present I Am Going to Get You Sucker, a captivating story. Yo, baby, hold it. That ain't it. It's I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Yes. And it's the story of the brother's fight. Yes. Against Mr. Big. Yes. Well, let's get that sucker. It's about action. Bravery. I'm a soldier, man. I've been trained for combat. Romance. 12 inches. And danger. If y'all step on my bunny, I'll kill both of you. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Let's get that sucker. It's the good guys against the bad guys. Oh, how come their guns are so much bigger than ours? It's a phallic thing. I don't know. Good girls against the bad guys. You must got the devil in you. And it's bad guys against the bad guys. Now, you boys can leave either through the window or the stairs. We're going to take the stairs. We'll take the stairs. I'm going to get you, sucker. You know what I mean, brother? (laughs) 
Well, actually, I don't. You know, I didn't grow up around blacks. Now, I grew up in the suburbs. My dad was a lawyer, my mom was a doctor, and all my friends were white. Chump. I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> no. It's got passion, pumps, rhythm, and soul. Preach, brother. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Don't say that. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Even if you can't say it, you got to see it. I got you, sucker. I'm going to get you, sucker. 1988 black exploitation spoof written and directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans is the story of Jack Spade, who returns home from the army in his old ghetto neighborhood when his brother Junebug dies from OG over gold. Jack declares war on Mr. Big, the powerful local crime lord. His army is led by John Slade his neighborhood idol who used to fight bad guys in the 70s. Written and directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans in the lead role, he also plays the lead role of Jack Spade. The film features a vast array of actors from the 70s, including Bernie Casey, Antonio Vargas, Jim Brown, and although he's best known for his music, we know him as Truck Turner, so he's a 70s actor. Isaac Hayes, with Janet Dubois and Don Lewis, as well as some nice turns from Damon Wayans and Kadeem Hardison rounding out the cast. I'm going to get you, sucker, was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what say you of the suckers? <laughs> were they got? <laughs> yes, the suckers were got. Um... The question is, who were the suckers? Ooh. We'll answer that as we go along this review of I'm Going to Get You to Sucker, which, as you mentioned, is the directorial debut of Keenan Ivory Wayans. But this is not the first time we've been introduced to Keenan Ivory Wayans mm -hmm. or right. his um, his many talents. We also know him that he was... Um, one of the co-writers or the lead co-writer. That's right. On Hollywood Shuffle. Yes. The Robert Townsend uh, directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and Keenan Ivory, as an actor, has popped up, his face has popped up here and there mm -hmm. um, before before this film. But this was his first time to be able to, to be on Front Street. Right. With what he wants to do, with, with being him. And it would be in 1988. This is in the midst of of you know um black directors getting moments in the sun yes you know because it's coming off the cusp of 1986 she's gotta have it by um spike, spike lee. lee um and 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 all the fortunes that would would come in the wake of his success so Keen has got his, his moment to shine. He he's running it. He's doing it himself. This is his voice. This is his vision. He's picked a genre of film that is ripe to be satirized as he is making, you know, light of the black exploitation flick of the 70s mm -hmm. as well as to a degree um throwing blending that with a satirization 
of the gangster film that had been starting to percolate already in, right, in, right. in sure. black cinema as well. So he's kind of like blending the two with his own viewpoint of comedy. Okay. And it's a very it's a very audacious debut from from a director, from a, a writer writing his own thing. Um and it is to be celebrated for that, for his audacity. Sure. For him to, you know, just be out there on front street and just, you know, go going for it. Um and it's funny. Mm-hmm. This is a funny film. Uh from the beginning when you it opens up with Junebug you know, he OG'd. Right, right, right. He died of too much gold. Wore too much gold. And he literally, literally looks like, a, I don't know, like a a, a, a a mummy just wrapped in gold chains right. as he lays there dead on the street. Um, right from there to some classic bits in this film. And one of the most classic bits in this film is not anything that Keenan is a part of, but it is, you know, for some people, their introduction to Chris Rock. Yes, yes. In a legendary scene at the rib joint. Yes. That has to be seen to be believed. Chris Rock, I just saw an interview with Chris Rock a year ago. He says not a day goes by that someone doesn't come up to him and ask how much for one read. Right. I mean, because it's just... It's there and it's it's funny. It's it's it and he he gets it over. It may be some of his best acting. To be yeah, fair, yeah. To be fair for Chris yeah. Rock. Um, but that's that's an iconic scene. Um, you've got people in this in this film that who are clearly just you know having fun, mm-hmm. such as Bernie Casey, mm-hmm. such as uh, Jeanette Dubois. I think mm-hmm. she's having a ball in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's ha- she's having a, a great freaking time in this movie. Um, there are there, there's one scene. Uh, it's towards the end where Jack Spade is he he's he's come to the rescue. It's the big shootout at the end. And he's he's gun he's guns are blazing on everybody. And then he turns around a corner and he's got a splinter. And he yes. makes this oh, yes. he gets the splinter out. It still cracks me up the look on his face. Okay. Every time I think about okay. it. Okay. So it's a film that's got it's got funny moments in it. As a whole, however, looking at it, and I don't, I can't even say just looking at it now because I have seen this movie at least two other times since I saw it originally. Of course. And when I saw it originally in 1988, 1988, I was, you know, like, well, I was 22 years old. But um, I was still, I was there. I was, I was laughing. I was like, oh, it's a crazy movie. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a bug, it's bug knucklehead movie. I'm, I'm having fun with it. Um, but as time has worn on, some of the seams of the movie have started to pull. And and one of them, a, a big seam of the movie, is not Keenan Ivory Wayne's the writer so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think some of his jokes are some of his jokes are kind of deep, but most of his jokes are to me kind of like surface level. Oh, no funny. doubt. Yeah, he I don't I don't think I think 
what is missing in this movie is there's not a lot of bite to the script. Right. 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 Absolutely. You know, there's, there's, there's some things that are kind of like biting, but for the most part, it's puns and mm-hmm. parody, parodies right. of, of things, which can be funny, but they're, they're not long lasting. It's fast food. It's fast food. Comedy, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, but that notwithstanding, considering that this is his first time, his first, you know, him rocking and rolling and him driving the ship writing wise, give him a pass on that. Mm-hmm. Give him a pass on the direction. The direction is, you know, it's, it's a first time director, but it's not, it's still not bad. The problem is, is Keenan Ivory Wayans, the mm-hmm. actor. Keenan Ivory Wayans, the actor is a person who is built for the leading action hero yeah, role. Yeah, there it is. Yes, he is. With the charisma of the comedic best friend. Yeah. And the physicality of Jim Kelly. Yeah. The Kung Fu yeah. guy. That together as a package, yeah, is what is what ultimately is the stumbling block in this film. Yeah, Bernie Casey's having a ball. Jeanette Dubois having a mm-hmm. ball. Even Dawn Lewis not giving a whole lot to do. No, but she's playing her position. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, Jim Brown, Isaac Hayes, they're both sleepwalking through this movie. Right, right, but. They're sleepwalking through the movie, and Isaac K. Isaac K. Sleepwalking through a movie is still you can't take your eyes off. Of Isaac no, K's, you know what I mean. I would argue that with Jim Brown as well. Uh, like just, he's still Jim Brown. Well, right, he yeah. is still he still is Jim Brown. Right. He still is that intensity and everything like that. Right, Antonio Vargas. Antonio Vargas. I don't care what you say. Continues to be one of the most surprising things anytime I see him on screen. <laughs> Every time I see him on screen, I am never not amazed about what this man is doing because he can be over the top playing this, this pimp walking around in, in, uh, fish bowl shoes, platform heels. And you still riding with him. You ride with his emotion. You ride with his emotion from the first time Bernie Casey, uh, Bernie Casey visited him in prison, and he seems like a real prisoner standing there, like real Joe, like what you need, bruh. You know what I mean? And then when he comes out on the street like a pimp from from yesteryear, and you you feel for him when they um they start laughing at him, and you could see the change on his face yeah. all the way till he comes back at the end, and he is daddy slick smooth. I'm like, yo, I was still rock that suit myself. I always feel like Huggy Bear is the worst thing to happen to Antonio Vargas. You're right. You're right. Because it did, especially considering where it also came he's in. he's a really interesting actor. But especially considering where it comes in in his, in, uh, in his career. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he, he in 88, is not a young man. And no. he's not a, even, a, he wasn't really that young when he was Huggy Bear right. either. But he's not an old man. But he's not an old man. But the specter of Huggy Bear, it always kept him from yeah. turning into, I think that, re- or or having access 
to right. the interesting roles that I yes. think he should have got. Yes, he definitely should have been He's like a, a more really of a, interesting actor, more of a character uh-huh. actor. That's right. Over the last right. you know, part, yes, most definitely. Like he should have been in To Sleep with Anger. To sleep, man, you could have put him in a whole, a whole yeah. lot of movies. He but could, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off track. No, no, Antonio no. Vargas is one of my one of my little triggers, like one of my black actor triggers. That I, I feel you because you know because I I 100 agree with you about him. So so you have all of the, all of that happening. You have all of this, you know, you know, uh surface level satire, parody happening all over, sight gags all over the place in this movie, but the but everything rests on the shoulders of Keenan Ivory Wayans. Mm-hmm. And I don't think his shoulders as broad as they are mm-hmm. are structured enough to lift this up. The shame of it is is that you mentioned about Kadeem Hardison and Damon Wayans in this film and they are funny yeah. in this in this movie, but for the most part they're playing the same scene over and over and over again yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so by the time that they've done the same bits four or five times, it becomes very tired. Oh, um, to me. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. To me, it, be, it became very tired. I would have actually loved for them to just do the one beat and just in and out. Case in point, Kim Wayans in another <laughs> memorable scene. Yes. It's it's a it's a good gag. It's, it's a, a great solid gag. gag. It's a great gag. You know why? Because she's the director's sister. Right, right, it's right. It's great. So it's a solid gag. It solid really is. Solid gag. And then yeah. it's in, it's out. Yeah, and it's, it's set up really well in the background. And right. Then, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's pitch perfect. It's, it's a great man. gag. Um, but the rest of the film, the rest of the film just I think, and I I think I I understand I think I understand the tone that he wants to go for, mm-hmm. but I don't think he pushes it enough. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the proof that he doesn't push it enough comes years later. There it is when Black Dynamite that, comes. That, that look and and Black Dynamite does yeah. what this movie one hundred percent had the opportunity, yep. had the stars to do. Yeah. You know, um, and and that really, that really like like is a shame. And the other shame of it is, is that for years, in the diminishing returns that as that we have received, or at least in my opinion, we've the the public has received in the film output of the Wayans brothers in whole because mm-hmm. it goes down from Keenan and then soon Mary um um Damon Damon and Marlon would start doing yeah, Marlon and Sean and mm-hmm. all of them would start doing movies and not but not so much Damon um because Damon he did movies but then he really cycled right, kinda, back to t- TV yeah. and his comedy um but the rest of them right kind of like started doing their people. thing yeah and and their movies always like very broad yes you know the parodies paradise parodies of this parodies of that yes you know and and for my for my um for my money don't show a whole lot of originality mm-hmm. to them right mm-hmm. but for years i've always wanted to in my mind said 
oh, if only they were as talented as their older brother, right. Keenan Ivory Wayans. If only they would go and look back at some of his stuff and see how he did it. And in returning to this film, I'm now can see, oh, they're really just doing what their brother they are doing what their brother did. Yeah. You know? And I don't think he did it in all his films. I, I want to believe in my mind's eye that low down dirty shame is a different type of animal. But I haven't seen it in, in forever. Right, so right. I can't say probably, that yeah. for certain. Um and I know that that's a spoof too a little bit. You know, yeah, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, watching this film, as much as I still laugh a little bit at sometimes, because here's the thing: I watched this film, unlike most of the films that I watched for the for the um, mission, I actually watched it with someone. Mm-hmm. So that does add to your enjoyment of it, right? It's right. It's, it's now it's communal. Mm-hmm. But but even still, look, still looking at it from a critical eye. I can see why it's a film I haven't returned to, and I probably won't be returning to it anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I'll start with Keenan Ivory Wayans, the performer. I I think when you look at his career, whether he would admit it or not, he agrees with us because I think fairly quickly he stopped performing that's right he does retreat yeah i think he's much more comfortable as a director and much like you i think he is someone who almost got backed into a corner because he is you know he's like this tall you know Mm well-built fairly good-looking guy Mm -hmm. so it seems like he should be an action hero yeah but in both this and i recall in low down dirty shame which like you i haven't seen but has its fans. Yes. Yes. He doesn't quite have the magnetism to mm-hmm. be an action hero. And then as a comedian, I don't think he has the timing and the rhythm of, of his brothers, frankly. Right. Like, I think of the four Wayans brothers, he's the least funny one. Yeah. Including yeah. Sean. Who isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, I'm but I think Sean is funnier than Keenan. So, and 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 of course, as as we've always said, regardless of the talent around you, if you are the lead, mm-hmm. if you are the foundation, the house of cards falls. Right. So, just on that level, I, I agree with you. Just his failings as this lead. I think the other thing, and, and I suspected that this might be my last dragon moment here on the mission Uh and passively it may be why i've avoided them for so many years i am not a huge fan of the work of the wayans i think much like you a lot of it is is low-hanging fruit yeah it's very broad Mm -hmm. for the most part it's not that smart and I think this film is one that reflects that. I, th- I think this film is wildly inconsistent. Yeah. In in the, the the intelligence of the humor, I think there are there are parts of it that I like a great deal as as a fan of someone of this period, this and the other. There's a scene. Well, first of all, let's just say I, I think I'm going to get you sucker, much like 
the the spoofs that would come after this that became the bread and butter of the younger Wayans brothers. Mm-hmm. You know the um the scary movie franchise yeah. in particular. It's almost like an extended episode of In Living Color, yeah, where it goes from yeah. bit to bit to bit to bit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Some of the bits are okay. Some of the bits are really good. Some of the bits are, like I said, low hanging fruit, very right. broad. I will I will begin with the positive. There is a part where he goes because Jack Spade is is trying to gather help. Yeah. To to avenge his brother, and and he goes to basically a, a black militant mm. and in my mind this is the smartest most biting most insightful bit in the whole movie where he goes in and the revolutionary is played by clarence williams the third of course and and clarence williams the third goes through this whole thing and there's this beautiful story that he tells <laughs> about how the radicals and the brothers went down to the government building to take it over right right and then they got jobs. <laughs> they was hiring. And it's this beautiful commentary on what people said happened with the civil rights movement. And then there's all the, you know, there's these little details where everything is made out of beans. It's mm-hmm. bean soda and bean this. And if you were there at the time, this is a, a critique of the bean pods yep. that, the, that the Nation of Islam would sell, which were delicious, by the way. I was a big fan of the bean pods. It was so spot on and so specific. Mm-hmm. And then you get the coup de gras where you have this radical, super blackity black person and his white wife walks out. That's right. Not only is it his white wife, but it's played by, and I just forgot the Eve actress. Plum. Eve Plum. Who Jan. played Jan Brady on the Brady Bunch. And if you didn't think, didn't know that lady. They play the Brady Bunch <laughs> song. So now you have the meta commentary of Jan who, if you remember, if you really want to go deep enough, remember Jan had an episode where she wore a wacky wig. That's right. Clarence Williams III, now that we're in the 70s, 60s television, played Link on the Mod Squad, mm-hmm. who was a 70s black radical. And it's just such a great moment. Yeah. And I loved it so much. Yeah. There's another quick moment where he asks John, John Slade, Who's basically Shaft? It's John Shaft. It's it's a you yeah. know it's a spoof of John Shaft. And he asked him, you know, why why don't you come and do the, for the people and and fight for the people? And there's this great moment where Bernie Casey, who sidebar, I think you're right. The veteran actors are the best. Like I love all of them. I love Bernie Casey. Mm-hmm. I love Janet Dubois. Dubois. I love Antonio Vargas. Apparently, I had more affection for Isaac Hayes and Jim Brown than you did, but I I just liked them and they seemed really really comfortable in yes. front of the camera bernie casey has this moment of actual anger yeah where he says the people told me to go away the people said i was too violent the people said all this which if you know anything about black exploitation 90 percent of the criticism of black exploitation came from black people yeah you yeah. know the hollywood branch of the naacp notoriously was against a lot of this stuff so then you have that but for every moment you have that you know you you know you have a hackneyed joke about women and menstrual cramps yeah you, you know it's 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 an a, an ongoing amway joke that does not land that does not land but apparently keenan thought it was funny enough that they just kept repeating it um 
actually really like Damon Wayans and, and Kadeem Hardison. Like, I like them. Like, I actually, that, they were actually my absolute favorite part of the movie. The two of them together with their little bit. I love them so much. I like them. It's just that by you the fifth time. You just saw it by the fifth time. The direction, I thought it was pretty, pretty polished for a first time director. It was so solid. Like, like if I watched this and someone told me, what do you think Keenan should do? I would say, I think he should stop performing and he should direct. Yeah. And because it is so wildly inconsistent just in this film. I've always been a little ambivalent about this movie. And much like you, I was ambivalent and didn't really understand my ambivalence until Black Dynamite came out. Yep. And in my mind, Black Dynamite is like the baby bear porridge mm-hmm. of these films mm-hmm. where we've talked about this previously. Like I'm a fan of Pootie Tang, but I do think Pootie Tang was too smart for its own good. Right. Like it's almost a deconstructed right. Black exploitation spoof i thought this one's dumb yeah and then black dynamite is just that it's just right yeah so that yeah i'm I'm, i I think you and i are are more on the same page than i thought we were going to be because i have to say i thought i was the only one who was a little bit like because you know yeah it's it's a bit of a black classic it yeah it, it it is and i've never really you know the other it's so funny you mentioned how old you were when you saw it, because I think the other thing that happens for people like me and you, we may have been too old when it came out. Probably because airplane. you know what I love, which is along these same lines, mm-hmm. airplane. Oh, I love airplane. I love airplane, yeah. but I was a kid when airplane when I saw yeah, airplane. Mid seventies. That's like seven. Like, it's it, no, it's like eighty. Is it 80? It's 8. I mean, it's 8 years before this. So, like, right. I was, okay. you know, I yeah. was like 9 or 10. And then yeah. I was 18, 19 when this came, well, 18 when this came out. Because it's very juvenile. Yeah. It's very juvenile. And if you weren't a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, maybe no older than 13, 14, mm-hmm. I can see how this is just sort of, eh. You see, but you know what? Again, and I, I, I don't mean to belabor the point. But just in you saying how we were both fans of air, airplane, because we it, we it caught us at the right time, right. at the right age. It, it did catch us at the right at the right time, and airplane is definitely a bunch of bits strung together. But what holds them together is the lead actor Robert Hayes. It's like the everyman as yeah, as that's the, that's very true. Yeah, I mean he that's he a very good because he gets over the comedy, he gets yeah. over the mock serious. He, he holds it together. He holds it together, yeah. even though it's as broad as this. It, maybe even broader. Yeah, maybe even broader. There's a scene in this in uh, I'm gonna get you sucker where uh, John the Jack Spade and John Slade are walking down the street and they're getting shot at from the rooftops. Right. And Keenan Ivory Wayans, like he, he gets scared. It's the first time he realized that even though he was in the military, he never really went into combat. Right. He was in the secretary pool. Right. That's a joke folks. Right. Cause he's got like, he's got like a badge, you know, right, for, a, a, for embroidery and, and, and surfing and, and typing. Right. He's got all these <laughs> badges on right, his right, right. jacket. But so, so he gets shot at and he tries to give you 
physical comedy yeah. of him jumping all around like hoo 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 like right. almost like a Jerry Lewis type of first of all his situation. ass is too big to be jumping he's around like that he's too big you can't be six foot six <laughs> he's actually too big to be jumping around like yes that. And he, he, it just does not even, it doesn't look yeah. right. It's not funny. It yeah. looks like, like, please stop. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And like, uh, and there's moments of that throughout this film. As, yeah. You know, like he, he can't, it's, like you said, he can't get over lines. Like there's a whole bit about how he has suffered like this, PS the PTSD from being beat up by these midgets when he was a kid. Right. And right, he keeps right. getting this look in his eyes when he thinks of the midgets. He doesn't get it over. Right. He doesn't so that when it comes to pay off and he runs into him at the end. Right. You forget, oh, I guess these are the midgets. Right, right. You know, this you don't it thing. doesn't land. Right. But like, see, even something like that, where you have this bizarre conceit that there's a bar. Or there's a club where everyone wears big hats mm-hmm. and it's little people under the hats. Mm-hmm. That's a solid gag. Like it's bizarre. True. And it's solid. But then again, if you like this gag, in 30 seconds, it's going to be another gag that's nowhere near as funny. Right. Right. So again, it's all, oh, because I thought that was a solid gag. Mm-hmm. Every black hero needs theme music. I thought that was a solid gag. They set it up. Solid gag. And then, you know, you got Boogie Down Productions at the end. This is solid gag. Yes. But it, 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 yeah. That's it. Even though there's a part of me that, and I I don't think I really realized it when I first watched it. I don't know why I didn't. Bernie Casey having his own theme music. He should have had his own theme music. Oh, right, right, right. He shouldn't have had Shaft's theme, theme music. music. Yeah. And now I know. I know the only reason they got Shaft's because Isaac Hayes Isaac is, is actually in the movie, yeah. But I mean, I and I understand that he more or less is playing Shaft. Right. But they could have did an approximation. No, no, I, I agree. Of Shaft. I agree. You know, like, like, like been just as banging. But you but then you have to actually True. Actually again, just to keep saying it, Pootie Tang has this weird conceit where Pootie Tang speaks this outlandish language and they have the the Pootie Tang song, mm-hmm. but it's so outlandish that again, it's almost like it's deconstructed. It's almost recognizable. Right, right. Black Dynamite has a Black Dynamite theme song. Yes. Not only does he have a Black Dynamite theme song, but he has a Black Dynamite theme song that musician Adrian, and I can't believe I just forgot his name. I was just listening to his album with Ali Shaheed Muhammad the other day. And, and oh my goodness, I can't believe, I was looking right at it. Adrian, Adrian, what is Adrian's last name? It's, it's Adrian, oh my God, I cannot believe. Is it Adrian Davis? <laughs> Adrian, Adrian Davis, for some reason, doesn't sound right. <laughs> I mean, it could Adrian be. Young. Okay. Adrian Young. So so not only does Adrian Young create a theme song just for Black Dynamite, but Adrian Young is is an instruments collector. Mm. So he used instruments from the 70s mm-hmm. to create this. Nice. So that it feels the aesthetic feels right. like an actual song that may have come from the 70s. And you know yeah. as we know, Black Dynamite is played by 
Michael um oh um Michael J. Wright. Right. But he's really playing and I forget Michael he, J. White. Michael J. White, but he's really playing like Delonte <laughs> Jenkins, the football player who's True. playing the role. So it's that attention to detail. Yes. That kind of puts it over. So yeah, Jack Spade, I mean uh, I mean uh Jack John Slade, we need to have a spoof of Shaft. But we have Isaac Hayes in the cast, so we'll just use Shaft. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it this does provide an opportunity though, especially in light of recent occurrences, to speak a little bit more about Janet Dubois. Because yeah. I actually forgot that she was in this movie. And she's good. She's good. Like she's actually good in this movie. It's like, okay. She's actually good. She's having fun. Yeah. She has the one great sight gag when she shows up at the restaurant and cut to the white guy as the you, you get the stuff. Solid gag. Solid gag. Yeah. And she gets it over. Yeah. Um, so she's actually, you can tell she's she's having fun. Yeah. You know, rocking and rolling in this. Um, so you know, shout out to her. And your girl shows up. Uh oh, Amory Johnson. Amory Johnson. Amory Johnson. Cherry. In a bit that I never like, I've never found that bit as funny as everybody Me else. Me neither. Me neither. But it comes this close to being mean. It does. Like, it's not mean, but it's this close mm -hmm. to being mean-spirited. Yeah, and and it's and it serves absolutely no purpose. It's it's a sight gag. It's but and again, Amory Johnson, I think, is a good physical comedian. Very good. He does not match her energy in that scene. No, he doesn't add, match her energy. Nor nor which I think could have put that bit over the top. Right, and also I think that um, the direction lets her down as as well in that scene um in the writing i it, you know who else i don't get and i've never gotten and i and i suspect it's because no one has ever really gotten her the the, the director or the project i just do not get don lewis what do you mean by you don't get her i have never seen don lewis in anything whether it's mr that 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 show with um what's the tall dude's name who's a comedian mr cooper's Oh, um, Mike, um, Mike, Mark Curry. Yeah, Mark Curry. Which yeah. sidebar? What happened to Mark Curry? Yeah. What happened to Mark Curry? Yeah. She was on that show. Uh, obviously, she was on a different world for years. Yes. I never got Don Lewis. Like, I just don't. And I feel like there must be something there. Like, you don't see her talent? I don't see it. Saying? Really? Like you said, she plays her position in this role, but. Her, her role is something that a cardboard cutout could have played. True. But I've never really gotten Dawn Lewis. Yeah, I mean, I guess I liked her on A Different World. Um, but Did you? As what? Like, why? It, but I was going to say, but even then, I can't say that she was, was she wasn't like the standout. Right. You were just meant to like her i guess i guess it's because she's the one that survived from the se first season <laughs> you know what i mean she was one of the ones that survived just like her and jasmine guy are in the background giving each other fist pounds it was her jasmine guy and kadeem hardison like they survived they the four girls from the second season of um facts of life 
Right. Which I randomly just saw a weird behind the scenes documentary on the other night. Really? It was it was so rare. And the only reason I stayed on it because I turned to it just at the moment where they went from the first season to the second. So season. they were talking about. What so they were talking about. The, they had to go and fire a bunch of little girls. Yes. So it's like all the little girls are grown now. Talk about I was on the playground and my mother answered the phone and then she came out and she said she she said, Jill, I have to tell you something. <laughs> it was like six little girls got fired. And then you see them now and they're like in their, their 50s and 60s and they try and pretend, you know, this, that and the other but then they have a haunted look on their face. Mm. They're like, I've always tried to figure out why wasn't I chosen? <laughs> I mean, like three of the girls survived, and then they went and got Joe. That's the thing. That's what pisses you off. They went and got a new girl. <laughs> it's not that they didn't bring in another chick. It's they just got rid of you. They got rid of you and went and got somebody else. Somebody so there was an extra slot. There are four slots. We've chosen three of you. And then someone raised their hand, and they said, no, no, no. You put your hand down. That's not your slot. No slot for you. That's a slot for somebody else. We don't need the six of you. <laughs> right. We've got one Joe. <laughs> we only need four girls. Excuse me, Mr. Director. It's only three of them standing up there. Shut your mouth. <laughs> we don't need you either. We don't need you. Excuse me, Mr. Director. That chair is actually empty. Oh, look who wants to do math. <laughs> Maybe that's what you should pursue. <laughs> math, not acting. You can go teach math to these six little girls. Because <laughs> they're going to have to get their education now. And that is a real fact of life. Here's the bag. <laughs> so, so you like Don Lewis because she... She was like Lisa, Lisa Welchel, Nancy McCoon. No, Nancy McCoon was Joe. Right, right. It was uh, Lisa Welchel, Lisa Welchel, um, Ken Fields. I was going to leave Ken Fields for last. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, now I got to look up the facts of life. <laughs> hey, man, you take the good, you take the bad, you take it all. And there you have. And there you have. <laughs> facts of life. They did. It was a whole segment where they interviewed all the girls that got fired. I was like, damn, this this is dark. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I found it. The facts of life. I have to. I have to. I had to. All right. The facts of life. Um, oh, Lord. But you know who else got fired? And then they all tried to pretend it was the best thing that happened. And then she didn't sit down for the interview. Remember, Molly Ringwald was on the first season. That's right. Molly Wingrold also got fired. <laughs> but then she went on to have a film career. <laughs> true. She did. Um, so this is Lisa, Lisa uh, Welshow. That yes. was Blair. Kim Fields was Tootie. Yes. Nancy McCoon was Joe. Nancy McCoon was Joe. And Mindy Cone. Mindy Cone. That's who I Natalie. forgot. I forgot Mindy Cone. It was Natalie. That's right. Right. So Mindy Cone, Lisa right. Weschel, and Kim Fields survived the calling. Wow. Wow. You know who else was on that um 
first season? The first season? No, I do not. Pamela Seagal. I'm not sure who that is. Pamela Seagal would go on to voice Wait. Bobby Hill on King of the Hill. Okay. And win an Emmy. That's not bad. I know she's like, take that, facts of life. Oh, wow. And then, of course, Molly Ringwald. Forever Molly Ringwald. Well, you know. Well, she bounced back. Yeah, yeah, she bounced back. But the rest of them, I don't know where any of these women are. <laughs> that was a great bit. Thank you. Anyway, you like Don Lewis. I, well, okay. A little peek behind the camera again. I liked her from uh, Different World. Okay. And then, uh, uh, I guess now it's almost, it's over 10 years ago. Um, I was part of a fledgling um, production company here okay. in Philadelphia. And we wrote a movie. Okay. Uh, called uh, I Like Flowers. Okay. Uh, it's all about these two girls who... Uh, one girl sets her best friend up on a blind date. Is this softcore porn? No. I'm just asking. No, it wasn't. Um, and we actually, when one of one of one of the people in the, in the crew in 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 our group moved out to California, um, actually presented this script to Dawn Lewis. Okay. At the time, and Dawn Lewis with not like a whole lot of dough. Um, bought a little small option on the on the script. Nice. I was going to try and do something with it. Now, you know, nothing came of it. But I'm telling you, I feel like me not. Uh, I, I I said it. Me not getting Don Lewis. I don't think reflects on Don Lewis. Yeah, I think it reflects so the, on the, the opportunities. Yeah, the opportunities. You know what I mean? The people. But but I I do think that in not getting Don Lewis. The things that she has done or did around mm -hmm. that time, because she more or less always played like kind of like the straight lace person. Sure, and I think that started with um, different world. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that kind of probably like stereotyped her a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean. Plus, also, I think that, and I don't know, she may have actually technically been closer in age to Sinbad but I think once on a different world they kind of like they coupled just, her up they just with didn't Sinbad. know what to do with her they just that was just, like they didn't know what to do with her on a different but world but that mentally puts her in like a different right age, different age group age yeah. group that she probably really was it would not surprise me if she showed up somewhere and I was just like oh okay because yeah. you know who's been doing that for me for like 20 years now Marla Gibbs like I think Marla Gibbs is a really good actress, but between the Jeffersons and Two Two Seven, it was like, all right. But then like she's shown up in in like some art house work over the past twenty years, and it's like okay, all right, Marla Gibbs, or more appropriately, and this is your example, Kim Wayans. You are in my mind. I know. I was waiting for you to be quiet so I, I could say, like, mm -hmm. no, I might go with Kim Wayans. Yeah. From her um, appearance in Pariah. Where she was amazing. Amazing. Unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. 
for how great she was. Which you know we haven't actually done Pariah. I know. That's part of the apocryphal episodes. Yeah. So yeah. Don't tr- trust me. Pariah is is is, yeah. is in the holster. Yeah. Is in the holster. Uh I and, um I'll be pulling it out. Okay. You know, so I love I, I love that movie. Love it. So I guess the question then becomes mm. Would you recommend I'm gonna get you suck? I would. Okay. Surprisingly so. Because I think in recommend in recommending I'm a get you sucker, this is a film that I'm recommending for people to see with family and friends. Okay. And I think it's a movie that plays well despite Keenan to an audience. Okay. You know, you can just sit there and just laugh at some of the sight gags. Like, I don't think it's a movie that stays with you i don't think it engenders a whole lot of conversation afterwards much along the lines of like hollywood shuffle i mm-hmm. think does right right or, right um or or some other films um but i think that it's it's cool for sitting it, it it's cool for the for the barbecue it's cool for the for the barbershop Okay. You put it on. You have fun. You'll laugh. You know. You see Karis one, Miss Melody, and D Nice at the end. You'll you'll remember. That's right. You know. You know. Better days of hip hop. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Some would say. Uh, and you know. I am some. I'm sure you are. Yes. Uh, and and you'll you'll have a good time with it. So I would I would recommend if you haven't seen I'm going. Let's put it this way: if you haven't seen I'm gonna get you sucker. Go ahead and watch it. I think you'll have fun. Okay. I agree. I agree. I think it hits more than it misses. Mm -hmm. I think the hits aren't solid hits. Yeah. All the way across. Right. Like like I said, there are one or two really, really smart, insightful moments, but Mm -hmm. they're quick and then they're gone. And then there are some, like, like, they're, it's some solid gags and then it's some kind of lowbrow stuff. Much like you, I think, if you've never seen it, you should see it. I think if you have seen it, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like there's no hidden depth no. that you need to come back and, and, you know, I had an old English teacher that said, you never see the same Shakespeare play twice mm. because you bring your own experiences and yes. perspectives that have changed to every time you see it. And this, this is not King Lear. Like, like right. you, you don't have to worry about, some hidden depths. Right. Um, I also think it's this is the beginning of of the Wayans bread and butter. Like 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 That's true. again when you talk about the scary movie franchise, when you talk about something like Don't Be a Menace to South Central, mm-hmm. when you talk about all the various things that they've done, including Marlon's own career, mm-hmm. it starts here. Yep. It really does start here. Um it, it's funny, as, as I mentioned my favorite coupling in this film is Damon Wayans and Kadeem Hardison. And the funny thing is in the film that, that Keen goes on to direct a few years after this Mo Money oh, right. starring Damon Wayans. Originally it was supposed to be Damon Wayans and Kadeem Hardison, but, and I've heard various versions of this story. Like I've heard Kadeem Hardison was busy, but then I also heard, Keenan Ivory Way and say his mama told him that he had to cast his brother, uh, Marlon. And then it kind of goes from there. Like the Wayans 
you know, I'm I'm ambivalent about the Wayans as a group of 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 artists, but I love them as a family. Oh yeah. Like I love the way they build. That's right. So, you know, if you like the Wayans, if you like how the Wayans have put together this empire, this is one of the starting points. This is a building block right yeah. here. Most certainly, ladies and gentlemen. All right, before we get into what we're going to be reviewing on our next stop, which will be episode 198, 198. of the Michelle Mission, as we inch ever closer to our 200th celebratory episode. Yes, sir. We invite you to send all of your feedback. Hit us up via email at mission at gmail.com. Also, like and follow us on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Mission. Join the Facebook group the Michelle mission where we have a lot of fun talking back with all of our missionaries. That's what we call our fans because we love you. The Michelle mission is available as a radio show every Saturday in an edited form at 1 PM on WPPM 106.5 FM Philly cam people power media here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Philly cam. You can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7, the voice of Drexel University. The Michelle Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network Podglomerate, curated podcast for your listening pleasure. Go to thepodglomerate.com and check out all the shows that they have there for your listening. If you like really like our show and want to help us out please wherever you check out our show especially if it's apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review that really helps people find the show or you can go to our uh website where you can order Michelle Mission Swag via T Public. That's right, via T Public. We've got uh new shirts and and stuff uh, out there. Um, also a little um point of reference for there have been a few people because at one time we were selling our pins and a couple of people had bought pins, um, but they the pins didn't get mailed out to them, and that is because we got a second order of pins that came in. But I found that the the, the clasp on them <gasps> was not sticking. Oh well, we can't send out faulty yeah, clasps. Yeah, so um, I'm gotten getting new ones coming in. So once those come in, I will be sending them out. So I have not forgotten about the people who have ordered pins, just waiting for re- for replacement. This is the reason why we stopped selling the pins because the, the the clasp was like a little little faulty. So I had to get a couple of new ones made with a better better clasp. But then I'm going to get it get them mm. out for those for people. Okay. Okay. All right. So I don't want you to think that I have forgotten you. I have not forgotten any, any of you. All right. Next week, Vince, episode 198. 198. This film has put me in sleep. (laughs) Has put me in the mind. I'm thinking about spoofs and satire. Okay. Oh, this move, this This, film. This film had me think about spoofs and satire and I was trying to think of a film that did satire a little better, a little smarter. Mm. And and we, I, w- I want to talk about a film that we have mentioned, but but we obviously haven't watched. And that is 
1993's Oh, I know what it is. Fear of a Black Hat. Yeah, boy. Fear of a Black Hat, which is a mockumentary produced, directed, written by someone who has come up several times here on the mission, Rusty, Rusty Kondioff. And I have not seen this film. You've never seen no, it? No, in years. Oh, I was about to say. Yeah, I, I haven't know. seen it in come years. On. So I'm wondering oh. how well it holds up. Like, like there were two films that came out around this time that were satires, mockumentaries of of uh, hip-hop music. And it was this and Chris Rock's film, CB4. Mm-hmm. And I seem to remember thinking that this was the smarter of the two. Mm. But I don't remember anything about it, really. I just rewatched CB4 probably within the last three months. Okay. So I got thoughts. Okay. So next week here on <laughs> the Fear of a Black Hat. Fear of a that's Black a Hat. Good, that's a good film. Fear of a Black that's Hat. That's a good film to do. Okay. Good film to do. Yeah. 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 I like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's what's coming up next on the Show Mission, episode 198. Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.